Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. They'll call it a mystery. We'll be right in history. It's going to be. There'll be signs on top of signs. Just so you know. And this is Leslie Gist, and you're listening to The Gist of Freedom. Tonight we have a very special show. We have our guest, Mr. Lieutenant Wilson. He is an advocate for Bible talks as a way of life on a daily basis. And we're asking him to join us tonight in honor of Nat Turner. Although this is only a, a few hours of... President Barack Obama's uh, tenure in the White House. Tomorrow is the inauguration of a illegitimate president um, who won by electoral college. Um, We have to say farewell to a great man with a great family, which included his two daughters, his wife Michelle, and his mother-in-law, and two dogs. So uh, we will pay tribute to our president, Barack Obama, uh, later on. But right now, we want to talk to Lieutenant Wilson um, in honor of Nat Turner, um, who also was what we consider to be a soldier in the Army of the Lord. 
And I'm, without further ado, I'm going to ask Lieutenant Wilson to introduce himself. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Wilson, and I'm a Bible Talk Marine. Okay. All right. Now, we had a long conversation um, privately, and you told me about your background, and um, it was very intriguing. Now, let's start off with something that most people, our listeners, really know about. They know about their history. We have the most astute black historians that listen to this show. Would you just give them a synopsis of who Nat Turner is and why do you think I thought you reminded me of him? Well, I don't know exactly why I reminded you of him, but Nat Turner was a, was a, was a, a black activist, Bible man, and, and a great hero for the black race during his time. Mm-hmm. And he did revolt, right? Definitely revolt. Mm-hmm. So Nat Turner was a he, Bible. He fought for the he fought for the rights and, and, and civil rights for black people. Mm-hmm. And um, in 1831, he led a revolt, a successful revolt. Um, in Virginia, he was guided by the Spirit. He was a preacher that was being used by the slaver to try to quell down any uprisings. And instead of um, uh, being used to subdue the slave, enslaved black people, he actually used the Bible to generate this uprising, which is historical and long and lives a long time, um, even to this day. His descendants now own the property that he was enslaved on, and they are in the process of making it a public um, historical site for you to visit the cave where he uh, sought refuge until he surrendered almost a month later. So now that we know... Which, that, which also, to keep in mind, he was not captured. No, he, he surrendered. Um, Correct. Yeah, we, um, so right at this very moment, they have a skeletal remains of his. They, they found some, and they're confirming if, it, if these skeletal remains belong to him. Um, the family, I, I met the family members, and they are, like, um, thrilled to be able to bury him with dignity. And they don't want to disclose where he will he will be buried because they know that um, his place, his space will not be peaceful if they publicize it. Um, mm-hmm. They will vandalize it and, you know, do all kinds of disgusting things to his um, resting spot. So you know your history. Um, you served in the military for how long? 23 years. 23 years. And, and, I, and you I also had, served um, mm-hmm. um, a number of years also after um, after that into private military contracting. Okay. And you had an epiphany. You were raised in the church, but at some point in your life, you fled the church, and then you returned to the church. Let's talk about what made you return I, I back. Was raised in a, I was raised in a very strict Christian military upbringing. And 
we had to read the Bible in our house every night, sit around the table every single night of our life until we became grown and moved, moved away. That was law in our house. And if you were too young to read, then when it was your turn to read, it was read and you repeated what was read to you. When I became 17, I went into the Marine Corps, and I never looked at a Bible again until 2004. Hmm. All right. And what happened in 2004? I always knew the Bible academically. But But what happened in 2004? That's when I accepted the word of God and Jesus into my heart spiritually, without the academics. Why? Well, many different things that I've done for the government, I learned that all my adult life I was living so close to hell that I didn't want to die and go there. And and the parts of, of work that I did it, it became, in my mind, to be Satan's dwelling place. And he, he ruled it, even though there were they were some men of God there, but it was still where Satan dwelled. The, the, mm. the duties and the works and the assignments they were they were so wickedly done. It doesn't matter whether they were legal or not, or authorized or not. It was still wickedness. And then I got to the point where. My sins personally were, they, they were piling up so high that I, I started to think my my sins have reached the throne of God. I'm, I'm, I'm a done deal. Mm-hmm. Unless I do so was there different. one, was there one, you said you started to feel overwhelmed by the sins that you were involved with on behalf of the government and also the sins you were committed, committing personally in your life. Was there one specific sin that you just said, this is going way beyond who I am as a person, I'm losing my identity, and who I am spiritually? Was it one particular sin, if it's not too personal? I, 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 don't, I don't think it was one particular sin at all. It was just the accumulation mm-hmm. of them piling up and piling up and weighing mm-hmm. heavily on me and, and, mm-hmm. and on my mind. I, I, I guess at that time I decided... I, Came, came to, to a point where I decided I started paying attention to mm-hmm. things that I had done, whereas before it was business as usual. Right, it was business. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah, hear that you hear that all the time. You hear right, a lot of right. people that's involved with sin. They're like, I don't want to lose my job. If I don't do it, that's just how it is. It's a new way of doing things. This is a new thing. Exactly. And, you know, you hear all these excuses. Um, did you see yourself in anyone? Sometimes we are awakened by when we see someone doing something horrible and then we look at them and say, wait a minute, I've done that or I'm doing the well, same when I, thing. When I, when, I, when I started back reading Bible scripture again, mm-hmm. um, what, what helped me a, a lot in leading uh, myself out of that little sinful pit that I was in Mm-hmm. I was reading about King David, mm-hmm. and he he was a military man himself. Mm-hmm. He 
he committed so many sins, awful sins, but yet and still he was he had a repentant heart. So when I kept reading Psalm 51, I got to the point where I was reading it over and over and over again on a daily basis. And I just said to myself, there's got to be a way for me. And then I started thinking about what I was taught as a child, raise a child up in the way that she should go, the way he should go. When he's older, he'll never leave him. So I start finding myself drifting into that. Mm-hmm. And then when I right. when I would return to my community and, and, and look through my inner city communities and I and I talk to different people and, and they're always complaining, complaining, this is going on, this is going on, blaming things on the system, blaming things on white people and and I'm and I'm listening and I'm watching and, and I just happened to run into a group of people this one particular evening and I told them you're pointing the finger in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You need to point the finger first to who you look so at. So, what did you see? Everything. What did you see in the mirror? What to, what specifically did you see in the mirror in 2004? I saw myself being a black man that needed to do more for inner city communities because. There was no more Bible talk of any significance in those communities openly, publicly. And I felt that I needed to do something about that because that appeared to be the the major problem to me. Because I started asking if I'm following after the things of the world more than I'm following after the things of God, Mm -hmm. then who do I blame? I got to ask you. I have to ask you this question. Um, Martin Luther King's birthday, if I'm right, I think this happened on his birthday. Um, Eddie Long, a uh, megachurch pastor, died. I saw that. Um, and he was, you know, involved with a lot of controversy. It was reported that he settled um, some lawsuits with some young men who accused him of molesting them. As a black man coming out to church and knowing the history of the church, and if you go to most African-American churches, it's really full with mostly women and a very low number of black men. Absolutely. As a black man, in the context that I put this question in, are you comfortable with raising a son in a church with all that we know and witness today, or grandson. Yes, yes. Okay, explain why. And how would you attract black men to the church, come to church and stay in church? To me, the, the church is supposed to be a representative of the household of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus said, from the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I didn't, I didn't come to call the righteous. I come to call the center to repentance. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak to Eddie Long's situation or his controversies or or, or, because I I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I only know what what the media says. Mm -hmm. But a center is a center. We don't get to determine who 
whose sins we don't like and whose sins we ain't gonna like. But somebody mm-hmm. ain't gonna like our sins. But 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 the church is the hospital for sins. That's where you come get your your your, your spiritual healing and 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 and. and and confess your sins and repent them. So if the mm-hmm. church is filled with sinners, then, then that's what God called. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you just have to trust and have faith in God that that when you're raising your children in the church, that you're raising them un, under the right leadership. And, and when you feel that you aren't, you either uh, uh, find a new place of worship or you question it. But to mm-hmm. sit there and be in silence, and wait till something happens, then that, that's a lot of that blame is on you. Because if you questioned it, and you should say so. That that's what the church is for. You have a voice mm-hmm. in the church. Now, in these times, and it's not just the black church that it's seems all, as though yeah, all, that all, it has a. All, hmm? It's all churches, but but you also right. have to realize also, Satan goes to church too. And he sends his mm-hmm. demons and his troops and his and his people into right. churches too. So you have to be watchful. You have to, <laughs> right. you have to you have to become not just a hearer of the word. You really got to become a doer and a student and study the word of God. That way, you you will obtain <laughs> enough of discernment through the Holy Spirit that that you'll be able to see these evil things. And, 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 and be guided away from them. But if, if you're just going to go to church and take for granted what somebody said is, 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 is the Bible without you ever reading the Bible or checking yourself, then you're lost right there. You have okay, to so read what, where, the So where I'm going is we're not talking about a sinner here and a sinner there. We're talking about institutional um, sin, like in the Catholic Church, with all the lawsuits that the ministers. You don't want to raise your. You don't want to raise your children up in the in, in the sinful institution. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's, no, there's a, nothing in a, the Bible that mm-hmm. says you have to go. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to go to these sinful institutions just because they're mm-hmm. using uh, God's name. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, how do you bring? When you, one part of your question was how do you bring black mm-hmm. men back to the church? Black men need to be called upon to sit down and start reading the Bible and studying the Bible, and they need to start talking the Bible in their own household with their own family on a daily basis, then into their community with their friends and neighbors on a daily basis. Then God may start blessing our communities and drawing black men because if black men don't want to talk to each other, about mm-hmm. God, then they're never going to come into the church because it, 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 they're not being drawn. If you don't draw near to God, he won't draw near to you. And, and, and okay. when you get to doing this, doing this on a daily basis, then 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 that becomes then God becomes a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And in your personal experience, was your dad um, the spiritual leader in your household? My grandfather was the spiritual leader in in okay. our household, and 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 he went to church. Was he a deacon, or what was his role? No, in the no, he, he 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 didn't have any clergy role in the church, and mm-hmm. and, and, and and my grandmother was a uh, a Bible school 
uh, uh, Sunday school teacher in the church. Okay. All right. I, and I, the I, church itself, give us a history of your church. You know, do you know, like, how long, when it was built, around what era? Uh, I'm not sure. It, it was it, it was a while when my dad was um, a teenager. So mm-hmm. you're probably talking in talking in the late 40s. Mm-hmm. And what was the relationship with the church and your family? Did you guys um, interact with the the minister or the the body of the church on a regular basis? Did he come uh, over uh, when uh, somebody uh, was sick? You know, did he come by when time. someone was in the church? I mean, when someone all, was all in the, the hospital? Yes. All okay, the time, so, always. Okay, so the functions of the church because I want people who are not familiar with um, the traditions of the black church, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like for you to explain When someone was hungry, the church fed them. When someone needed something or medical or a ride or whatever their, their uh, needs were, uh, the church met those needs, and everybody flocked around the church. Because, you know, that type of church that I went to had a very small parking lot. And the reason mm-hmm. being is because the parking lots were built mainly for the pastor and the clergy who may have come from afar to preach, but the actual mm-hmm. members didn't need a parking lot because they were the community, and they all walked to the church on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so you said everyone, mostly everyone worked, walked to the church. Did your church have any outreach programs? Did it also have a school? Did it have a cemetery? Was it attached to a funeral home, or was the, you know the the, the school? The, the, whether it was attached to the a funeral home or not, I don't know. Or if they had a cemetery, mm-hmm. I don't know. But most of the people mm-hmm. who who died during the time that I can remember were all buried in the same cemetery. I don't know what the connection was, mm-hmm. but um, no, it didn't have a school. The school was actually taught uh, as Sunday school, and mm-hmm. um, they also taught children on on the two or three nights that they had in the evening. They would give one night that was strictly Bible study, and they also had a a Bible study school for for the youth. And they also would have canteens. They called them a canteen throughout um, evenings where people came there and entertained themselves in the in the in the Bible, and, and and they taught kids then too. There was always something for teaching for the youth. In the church, Mm-mm-mm. beautiful. Um, and today, the black the black community, are we? Do you agree that we don't have recreation? Where the, the lack of recreation has a lot to do with the children's um, involvement with juvenile delinquents. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and um, if, so the church. If, all, if, if, if a child, if a child as well as an adult, if all your time is idle. Mm-hmm. Any God policing person knows who rules the idle time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be busy and, in the Lord, and if you're not, then Satan usually has his way. Mm-hmm. So, your your parents made sure that you were involved with all the church activities. That 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 was the main curricular activity after even, school. Even even every spiritual holiday program mm-hmm. was given. Every spiritual holiday we. Uh, 
had to, I had to be a participant in it. It was, it was, it wasn't a choice, um, an option, right? Never right, an option. right. Now, and, before and, we move and, on, and I'm not saying that to say that I'm not saying that to say to make some negative in it at all, because that was my way of life, and it was acceptable to me too. Mm-hmm. While growing up, I just now never, let's talk about. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Well, let's talk about um, watch night, which a lot of churches just experienced and, and celebrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell mm-hmm. the audience, what is watch night? I, I'm not sure exactly what, what watch night is. I've, I've gotten different uh, uh, um, interpretations of watch okay. night. Well, did I'm you guys go to church on New Year's Eve? Yes, Absolutely. Okay, explain that was, that to the audience, lot. how did that work? Well, we went to church on New Year's Eve. Um, it was usually late at night, all the way until the new year came in, which was past midnight. Mm-hmm. And the reason we did that is because it was bringing in the new year with Christ on your mind and in your heart. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing something devilish out in into the in the world system, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that you did that. And does your church exist still? Your home um, church? Yes, the, the building does. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's um, if the teachings in, you know, uh, are, are mm-hmm. the same. I have no idea. But the building oh, okay. itself is still is still exists. Okay, so in two thousand and four. You experienced epiphany. You remembered all this, these experiences you had up until the age of 17 when you just you felt free. You became rebellious and you stopped um, reading the Bible. I, I, I don't and, know as much as I would call that rebellious when I became 17. I just went into the Marine Corps and just walked away from it. Mm-hmm. And, and just, it just made my life in the Marine Corps and kind of literally just forgot about the Bible part. Mm-hmm. Of, of my upbringing, um, and that led to a serious life as an adult of sinful mm-hmm. acts. Mm-hmm. And, and in 2004, when I, when I returned to God, it, it was it was just they did this piled up so high, and and, and I felt convicted. Mm-hmm. And did you apologize? I, I, did you did you repent to oh, anybody man. that you felt that you sinned against? I, 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 several, several. Even still to today, if I run into someone by some chance, and 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 even if I don't run into someone, when when it comes to my mind, because I'm I'm still constantly being uh, being revealed to me stuff that I had done to someone as a, as in sin. And, and I'll just ask for forgiveness of that right then and there because it was revealed to me for that purpose, even though that person may not even even be living anymore or 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 isn't even in this country. But it was the act of the sin itself, and I and it would just come to me. And I'm like, wow, I remember when I did that. Wow, I right. did that. So how 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 did the person feel when you apologized? And you gave them an apology for, and how did you feel once you? I felt relieved. 
I believe they were afraid. They didn't believe me. Wait, wait. What you said? What was the last part? You said you thought they were afraid. I believe they. They. I believe they were felt afraid and didn't believe me. Okay. Why do you say that? Did they but say I, something I, I to make you feel that way? Well, well, when 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 commit certain sins, awful sins to people, mm-hmm. they're not just going to necessarily be welcoming you with open arms because you were convicted. And, and I also say that I don't even know for sure, but some of them, they're not saved themselves. So mm-hmm. believing that I'm, you know, apologizing because being convicted by God really probably didn't mean anything to them, but I, I find that the, the importance of it is mm-hmm. it means something to God mm-hmm. that I was obedient what he wanted me to do not so much as how that person felt or I felt it was it's about being obedient to God if he wants you to apologize to somebody you have to do it because mm-hmm. if you don't it's called disobedience and how did you know that God wanted you to apologize? How did you it, know it, specifically it, that he wanted you to apologize to that specific person? It comes to you through the through the the Holy Spirit. It, it, it comes to you. It, 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 it's, it's told to you right in your mind. You know it. So did a the Holy picture? Spirit talks to you. Okay, so sometimes. You, you, you'll, get a, you'll get a visual of it or, 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 or it's just a verbal. But but how do you know that, that that's what it is? Because it doesn't mm-hmm. just happen one time. It will mm-hmm. keep over and over and over till you actually do it, or you'll grieve the Holy Spirit so much to where it'll leave you alone about it. Mm-hmm. It'll come back again. Mm-hmm. So was it hard for you to find these people? Did you have to travel? A I didn't look for them. Did I, I didn't look for them. I never looked mm-hmm. for one of them. I just bumped into them. Mm, through through going to come into life, never, never went out, set out to go look for any anyone. But and what I did mm-hmm. do, when mm-hmm. what I did do, when 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 they were came to me in my mind, either just sitting down reading or uh, the Bible or talking, I would talk to a friend over the phone, which is like what they do on a regular basis. It'll mm-hmm. just pop into my mind, and now, as I said, I was just like, wow, I remember that. And then I'll mm-hmm. I'll ask for forgiveness of it, and then if, if I run into that person, I'll tell them that. Hey, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever experienced anyone apologizing to you and asking you for their forgiveness? Not that I can recall. Not that I can recall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no one has ever come back and said, you know what? I did you wrong. I, I think I was no, no. I don't. I don't recall that at all. But 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 what I can what I can say about myself, mm-hmm. and 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 I and I believe it's because I was academically taught the Bible mm-hmm. through my upbringing that, and I, and I and I frequently say this to different uh, friends of mine who I do Bible talk with. I don't point a finger at other people. 
about mm-hmm. anything that concerns me or my sins or wrongdoings, period. Because mm-hmm. I don't recall as an adult any sin that I've committed that I did knowingly, willingly, calculatingly, and even often planning to commit that sin. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm, I'm self-blamed for my, for my actions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you say that because of your personal experience, and I called you on the private conversation, I called you Paul, who was known as Saul. <laughs> and and you said from your your personal experience, you know, most people say because they are overjoyed by this heavy load of sin being taken off of them, that they can't contain their joy, and they just are bubbling over with being free from this sin. That you just want to share the good news with everyone, and you want them to experience the same sort of freedom. Is that how you felt once you absolutely. became saved? I, absolutely. It, 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 it started when I really became saved, really truly became saved in my heart, not mm-hmm. just verbal academics repeating something mm-hmm. because that's what you're supposed to repeat. Mm-hmm. No, really in my heart. And, and, it, and it grew from there. And, mm-hmm. and, and and it's like to a place now to sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm bursting from my gut out right. because it's oh, so overwhelmingly joyful. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow. And then you, you, you're, just, you're just looking for someone to tell. Right. It doesn't even matter and, if you've ever seen them before. You just want to say it. And, right. I, and I found and myself doing that. And you want them to experience. Right. Pardon? I said you want Excuse them me. to experience because it's so... It exactly. seems like it's so easy to do. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It's, if, if you knew just how simple it was to be saved, you would tell, you know, you want everybody to experience. You don't, you think it would, you know, that it can remedy and cure all ailments. And until, it until you. you actually, until you actually drink from that cup. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna you're not gonna experience it. You really have to drink from that cup because I I, I wrote a, a sloppy book manuscript and and the mm-hmm. cover sheet said was about me. Mm-hmm. I fell so deep in the pit of sin. Every time I looked up, I saw the bottom. In Christ, mm-hmm. I conquered sin. Mm-hmm. That's the cover of the manuscript. Mhm. So um, this the Bible talk, isn't it a selfish act for you to really feed your soul? So when you're talking about God and Jesus in the Bible, aren't you really feeding yourself as well? While you're... You have to. You have to. What happens? What happens? If you don't feed yourself, you can't feed anyone else. So what happens to you? on a day when you break away from reading the Bible, experiencing Bible talk, or just uh, just not having that food, that light in your life, how does your day start to waver when you're well, missing well, that dose of... Like, like for, for me personally, if mm-hmm. I wake up tomorrow, and mm-hmm. forget to 
say my prayer or do my talking to God, my have my conversations with God, the minute I wake up or I even go mm-hmm. to the restroom, if I forget to do that and then I forget to do it throughout the rest of the morning, I'll find myself in the afternoon getting jumped on by Satan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I know disoriented. I know, and, pardon? And somewhat dis- disoriented. Not Your orientation is off. You know, so things just aren't flowing. You're focused. You're distracted. Yeah. You're all over the place. Your brain's in orbit yes. in your skull because Satan is on you. He's on you because right. he saw the exactly. opening. He saw you walk out your house to do your mm-hmm. daily activities, and he know you forgot your armor. Exactly. And he jumps on and, you. Mm-hmm. And, and this is consistent. And, and I only had one conversation with you. But I know that it is the same for all Christians, conscious, practicing Christians, that when you don't have your daily conversation, when you're not in his presence, and you don't make the effort to be in his presence. There's a difference. God is always everywhere. God is everywhere. But no, you have to go make it your business to be in his presence. Either Absolutely. You've got to make a conscious and physical effort. You do. Yes. Yes. And people try to get off easily and say, well, he's everywhere. And it's yeah. no. He is everywhere. Yeah. But just like a radio signal, there's radio signals all throughout our homes, everywhere we go. But until we tune into that specific frequency, we're not going to hear it. We're not going to exactly. get that signal. So we have to sit down and tune in, tune out all the negativity and make a conscious effort to say, I'm going to tune in to God because I need him and there is nothing that can, can, I can do positively without getting that energy. So, And, it's, you know, I don't speak to – I definitely don't usually have this conversation over the air. Um, you know what? you gotta, you got to jump up every morning mm-hmm. chasing after the things of God more than mm-hmm. the things of the world. Because if you're not right. doing that, you can't get mad at God because God ain't giving you what you ask for. Right. If you're chasing and, after and, the things of the world more than God, then what you're going to get is things from the world. Right. Let's talk about tithing because many people think, and, and, and I believe strongly in tithing. I, am a, I believe in tithing. But I also believe in tithing spiritually. So just Absolutely. like some people tithe and say they're going to give 10%, you know, write a check or have their 10% come directly out of your account on a regular basis and you don't even feel it, don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, you that that time that spiritual tithing is when you, as we just said, when you give that ten percent when you first wake up, or when you right before you go to sleep, you right, say, "I'm right. going to give you the tithing, best time gotta, of the day." Gotta, yeah, the spiritual tithing consciously make the decision right. to give the ten percent. Uh, uh, if you're just having it. Uh, bait draft out of your account That's not spiritual Because you're not consciously right. doing that You're letting somebody else do it for you Because you don't want to take the time To put the physical effort in God's right. not I can't count right. that as spiritual Spiritual is you 
you lovingly, cheerfully, knowingly, and willingly want to jump up and go give it personally. That's right. And so now that we talked about how you get your energy, how you start your day, and you put your armor on, you physically, spiritually go somewhere in private, and you put your Mm -hmm. spiritual armor on it, and you go out into the world, how is it that you become that temple, as the Bible said that we are the temple, how do you use this temple when you go out into this world? With me, it starts off, before I'm even completely awake, I'm always saying the Lord's Prayer or talking to God. And I know that I'm doing that consciously, even though I'm not fully awake. And then when I completely wake up, I, I, I continue on with doing that. And then when I leave out to go do my daily duties, I'm still doing that. When I run into someone, hey, hey, Lieutenant Wilson, Lieutenant Wilson, did you see LeBron James last night in the basketball game? Yeah, I saw LeBron James last night in the basketball game. He was great this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know what, man, this morning, man, you know, when I got up, man, all I could think about, man, was God, man. What is he going to plan for me to do today, you know, what are his duties for me to do today? And, and I just start talking about God naturally. And I don't stop talking about LeBron James either. But I don't mm-hmm. exclude God out of that conversation, mm-hmm. nor do I exclude, put God in a separate part of that conversation. I keep the flow going because mm-hmm. God is in my heart and God's coming out of my mouth. And LeBron James is, 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 is a Cleveland Cavalier who, who, who I'm a big fan of. He's coming out of my mouth too, but but if you're going to have a personal relationship with the Lord, then you've got to include him in your personal life and your goings and comings okay. on a daily basis. That's not a difficult thing. You don't have to think, well, should I talk, talk, mention God around this person, or should I go? That's, that's not how that works. God just flows out of you. Because if he lives in you, then he'll flow out of you. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you can't stop it. Right, right. When When you... You know, you hear the adage, you know, smile at someone, be kind. A smile could save a life. You know, you hear that mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a former school teacher for 20 years, you know, we would teach the students that, you know, don't let anyone sit at the lunch table by themselves. If you see anyone that's looking lonely, you know, be that one person to say hello to a loner, you know, be be that courageous person to step out and um, be polite. And it's not, I just read somewhere, it's, uh, act, kindness is not an act. It's a way of life, right? Exactly, exactly. So when you see individuals, let's say vagrants on the street or, you know, the people who are shunned by by uh, the community and society in general. How do you conduct yourself as a temple when you see these individuals? Yeah, I'm a Marine. I'm a Marine. So Mm -hmm. a lot of those people who you speak of are Marines, usually suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder or or whatever else. Or some Mm. of them just downright just gave up. You know, when when I, but I don't, I used to, when I'm walking through areas where they are and they ask for a coin or whatever, I give them a dollar or five dollars or whatever I can spare. And I, and I, and I used mm-hmm. to just tell them, hey, 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 forget the story. I don't need the story. I'm giving this to you 
willingly, knowingly, I don't care if you're going to buy some food, drugs, alcohol. That's not why I'm giving it to you. And I'm not giving it to you just because you asked. I'm giving it to you because I was told to give it to you by the God that lives in me. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it so anyway. So you're giving it to him. You're giving it anyway. to him in Jesus' name. You're giving it you're to right. him, anyway. as you said, out of, out of obedience. Anyway, exactly. Anyway. Right, right. So you remind me. And I taught my boys that. I taught my boys that. But I also mm-hmm. taught them when they were younger. Mm-hmm. When they see me do that, because you always they always ask me, Dad, why do you do that? I said, it, it, it's not about what they're going to do with it. It's about mm-hmm. you doing what God wants you to do. God, God, we're we're all sinners. They the two kinds of sinners. One sinner saved, and the other one ain't. But we're still all sinners. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. you, God, God, you don't know what God's going to do with that person next week. Mhm, mhm. Because I, I and told you him don't a story know... about a guy. Mm-hmm. I told him a story about it. Before, before you go into that story, mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. I want you to teach about um, a scripture. Peter heals a lame beggar in front of the beautiful church. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Silver and gold, I do not have. Right. So when you said that, you told them you don't, you know, they don't have to give you their story because you're going to give it. Mm-hmm. You're going to give them this money anyway. Could you tell the audience about the story of Peter? And a beggar in front of the beautiful church. The beggar, the beggar wanted money from mm-hmm. Peter and the disciples, and they told him, "Silver and gold I do not have, but what they had was the Holy Spirit and and and, and the spiritual healing, which is which mm-hmm. we call today faith healing. And it's by faith they are healed. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't going to give them any money at all, but." And I and I relate that to my, to myself on on, mm-hmm. on on giving money today. Mm-hmm. I'm tithing, mm-hmm. and I'm telling them why. Mm-hmm. Because tithing doesn't always have to be in the building of the church. Right. Tithing is in the people, in the, the money in the storehouse for the people, not just the preacher, mm-hmm. for the health right. needs of the people. So I'm tithing. Because I may not show up that often in in the building of the church mm-hmm. as much as I do Bible talk in with the people who are the church. Mm-hmm. So so I don't determine who's saved or, or not. I don't have a heaven to hell to send anybody to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just because he's a beggar on the street doesn't mean he's not saved by the grace of God. We don't know that. Right. And there's also a Bible story so, that says Jesus Jesus came as a beggar. He and came to right. visit someone, and they right. didn't recognize right. him because they exactly. didn't they didn't have any compassion for. Him. And he right. deliberately came in, in the form of a beggar. But I love the story of Peter in in this beggar because this this beggar, and I think that's a derogatory term, but this man, he was lame, right? All right. And although he was lame, his so called friends. They were using him, and they would put him on this mat and carry him to this beautiful church and sit him in front of this church. And they gave him a they gave him a script to say about the silver and gold. They still do that today. Right. So they sat him out there not just because they wanted to take care of him, but they were also siphoning money from him as well. They were using him. 
Right. So what kind of what what kind of friends are these, right? So he's well, he's lame. He wants to learn how to walk. Well, he wants to be able to walk again. And these low lifeed friends of his are thinking that he should want money. And so when Peter comes out, he's saying to him, I know what you really want. You don't want, even though you have this script that you rehearsed and you, your low life friends and push you up to say this, what's in your heart is you want to be able to walk again. You can care less about the silver and gold. Yeah. You know, so he says, I've come here to give you what you've been praying for. You know, I don't have your silver and gold. And I'm going to read you. He says, then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped he to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the exactly. people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement and at what had happened. Exactly. And see, they're so, relating that to the beggar today. It's like you tie with the beggar, and, and, and as, as I've done, is you, you tell them, I'm not giving it because you're begging, and I'm not giving it because of the, the story you're telling me. I'm giving it because my Christ commands me to give this to you. Has nothing to do with right. you personally asking me and giving me. I want to buy a hamburger. Uh, I, I've had a guy tell me in a in a shopping what uh, mm-hmm. it was a Walmart or a Target parking lot that was closing. Mm-hmm. Tell me, I give him a couple dollars. He needed to. Mm-hmm. He was hungry. He needed to go buy something to eat. There wasn't a place within in, in any walking distance where that was. For him to go buy something to eat, and I, I just cut it. I cut him off. I said, "No, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you this, not because of the story. You just tell me." Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he he just looked at he just looked at me, and he's looking. I say, "Hey, God commands me to give this to you. I don't need to know your story." Mhm. Mm-hmm. So you were I, I you were about to share another story. Would you continue before I interrupt oh. you about the Peter? He um. There was a guy I knew, he um, was an alcoholic in the drugs, and he used to go sleep on this church steps every Saturday night. When his drinking and partying was over, because he didn't have nowhere to go. And every morning, pastor of that big church would come with his clergy and then wake him up and run him off. That happened for maybe a year or two. And one day, he went into that church as a guest invited from another church, which he became the pastor of that other church that that church invited him to. And they had a great praise and worship service. And the guy who used to lay on the steps, looked at the pastor um, sometime during the services, and you don't remember me, do you? Mm-hmm. And the pastor said, no, no, you know, I, I've never met you, young man. He said, I'm the one who you ran off 
sleeping on your church steps every Sunday morning. And the pastor mm. wrote down and cried. The pa- that, that pastor wrote down, cried, and, and apologized, I believe sincerely, and begged for forgiveness that he did that man like that. Mm-hmm. It was a church wow. that did that person like that. Okay. And that's why I so, say when there's, when there's a beggar or somebody homeless, you don't know what God has in store for that person next week. You don't know yeah. that God sent you by there to, to give him, he's asking you for a quarter or a dollar, but God telling you to give him $5. You, you don't know what God has in store to, to work with that $5. So Jesus took a fish and fed thousands. So you don't know that, that God's going to, uh, you might be the last piece to God's puzzle to raise that man up next week. Because mm-hmm. God said he raises up who he wants to raise up and tears down who he wants to tear down. So in closing, this was a very um, inspiring conversation to hear um, the importance of Bible talk on a daily basis um, coming from a military man. I mean, closing, how would you like to wrap it up? If black Any scriptures, men, your favorite? Mm-hmm. If, if black men, along with the black females, mm-hmm. if you start talking about the Bible on a regular basis like you do everything else, you will become a friend of God and an enemy to the world. Because God said an enemy to the world, a friend of the world is the enemy to him. So your your communities are unsafe, your neighborhoods are confused and scrambled because you ain't chasing after the things of God enough. Do it on a daily basis. Get it in your heart, and it'll come out like that, and you'll feel very comfortable, and you'll find your community living more like the way of God instead of like the way of the world. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and we will talk again soon. And have a good night. Thank you for having me. All righty. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.